Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Revelation chapter 3, and um, we'll be looking at the last of the seven churches that Jesus speaks to in the book of Revelation as he under the inspired author John, uh, dictates these letters to seven churches. I think one of our biggest problems in today's church, in today's culture, is the problem that we see here in the Laodicean church. See, the Laodicean church was one that was self-reliant. They thought they were rich. They thought they had plenty to sustain them. But they were really, in Jesus' eyes, they were poor. And we look around us, we got so much. You know, we, we've got, uh, we, we're maybe a small church and, and we don't have all the, all the things that, uh, you know, a, a big church might have like, uh, you know, nice stereo system, you know, the nice sound systems and all those kinds of things. But really, in the, in the vast scheme of things, we are rich. Monetarily speaking, we are in, in our world as we look around look at our homes, uh, we, we have large homes, we, we, build, we drive cars, we, we do all these things that, that show we are rich. And when we have so much, there, there, there comes a tendency to trust in those things. To trust in what we have, to trust in what we can do, to trust in our riches instead of trusting in Jesus. Instead of trusting in the one who is our Father who is to take care of us. Here Jesus, He doesn't give a, a list of positives along with the, a negative that he does, like He does to the other churches. Here He gives no positives at all. He goes right on in and he critiques what is wrong with the church in Laodicea. Let's read from Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. It says, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither hot, cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. But because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself And the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers... I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. 
And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word. You have spoken to us. Give us ears to hear this morning. Let us hear what your Spirit is saying to us. Lord, give us eyes to see your glory. Father, I pray that you would not allow us to be lukewarm. Not allow us to be lulled into a sleep because of our riches. But Lord, that you would make us vigilant. Lord, that you would make us burn with passion for you. Lord, be with me, a sinner. I need your grace as I preach your word this morning. Enable me, give me strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus begins this letter similar to the way he begins all of the other letters. He says, and to the, church, to the angel of the church in Laodicea. Laodicea was a crossroads. Um, it was, it was, didn't have good water there where uh, it was naturally. Uh, the, the springs and things that would come there um, were not really very drinkable. So it was a crossroads. That was why they, that, that uh, city was developed. They, were, they, were, they had merchants that were traveling through uh, and uh, because of this location, this city was able to develop. Their water um, came by old Roman aqueducts, these stone aqueducts. Ducts. The water that would come from uh, Hierapolis, which was six miles away from Laodicea, was, was a hot spring. It was um, known for... for uh, kind of its healing properties in the sense that it, it, uh, uh, it, it was a hot spring. It, it was probably about 95 degrees, so kind of like getting into a hot tub. Whereas on the other hand, Colossae, which was also nearby, was also known for its cold waters. Laodicea itself, um, from archaeology, from we know that the, the water there was probably tainted with... Um, uh, calcium carbonate. And so it would have uh, been undrinkable to the sense that it would probably make someone vomit if they were to drink it. So Jesus, whenever he addresses this church, he uses the, their, their own water supply to describe them. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, the words of the Amen. He, he calls attention to himself, who he is that he's speaking. He is the Amen the faithful and, tr and true witness. I think this amen and the faithful and the true witness, they go together. Um, the amen means, um, it, it comes from, it's a Hebrew word, and it means to be firm, to be established. And when we, we end our prayers, we say amen. Uh, we believe it. We, it's, it's firm. It's established. And Jesus then, he calls himself the Amen. He calls himself the faithful and true witness. He is faithful. We can trust what he says. He is telling the truth. 
Then he says that he is the beginning of God's creation. When Jesus says he is the beginning of of God's creation, he does not mean that he was the first of all God's creation. That is a heresy. Uh, He is not one of the created beings, but he is himself God. He was there from the beginning. As John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So he calls attention to the fact that he was there at the beginning of creation. He is the Lord of the universe And He is faithful and true. And what He says to us can be relied upon. Do we trust Him? Do we believe what He says? Do you believe what He says? We can trust in Jesus. We can rely on Jesus. We're going to rely on something else, something in this world. What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your wealth, your security? Are you trusting in the government? Are you trusting in putting the right politicians in place? Are you trusting in your family to take care of? Are you trusting in anything other than Jesus? Because all of those other things that we trust in will let us down. We cannot trust in our own works. We cannot trust in anything but Jesus, the faithful and true witness, the one who is the beginning and the end. We know this is not just a little more support about the fact that that this is not of the beginning as, as in he was a created being, but he is the creator himself. The Father says in chapter 1, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And Jesus says in chapter 2, the same thing. The same words come whenever He describes Himself there. Jesus here is the beginning. He is God Himself and He is trustworthy. You can trust Him. You can take your life to the bank with Him. And then he addresses the church. As I said, he he gives a strong rebuke to his church. He says in verse 15, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either hot, cold or hot. Because you, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This church in Laodicea, they were not hot like the waters that came from Hierapolis. They were not hot and with a kind of water that we might use to, to make tea or coffee. These, these things that would warm us up whenever we're cold. And they, they were not cold like the waters of Colossae. Waters that would be refreshing whenever we're um, hot and, and needing, needing to be cooled down. No, they were lukewarm. They were like the waters of of Laodicea. And Jesus says, because you are neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out. Now, some have thought, well, maybe Jesus here is saying we need to be hot, passionate for God's glory. We need need to to have an intensity in our worship and our passion for Him. And that's hot and then cold. The cold would be uh, like um, against him, opposing him, 
violently opposing him. And Jesus, those who would take this position would be that Jesus would rather have you one or the other than being just this lukewarm and compromising. Well, because Jesus here is talking to the church, I don't think he's saying that he'd rather have the church being lukewarm opposing him. I think what he is saying here, whenever he wants the church to be hot or cold and not lukewarm, he explains in verse 17, because it says, for you say. The reason they're either neither hot nor cold, that they're just lukewarm, is Jesus says, for you say, I am rich. I have prospered. I need nothing. They're looking to the stuff they have. Uh, Laodicea, they were known for um, several different things as well. They were known for uh, their merchants that uh, would sell fabric. They were known as a fashion center. They had bred these sheep that uh, produced this black wool that they would use. It would be um, fashionable for them to wear. They were known also because they, they had eye doctors there in, um, in Laodicea. So it would have been a place for people to go if they had eye problems to come and see one of these eye doctors. It was a fashionable place. They, they had it all. They were a trade center. They were on the crossroads. So you had all these people coming and going. They were also known for their banking. So they had banks there in Laodicea. They were wealthy. And they thought they had it all. And doesn't it sound like us? We look at our world today and we live in the the richest nation on the face of the earth. And though we have the most money, the most power of all the nations on the face of the earth, we also have the most psychologists. Because people, money, power, all of those things don't make us happy. Jesus here, he condemns them because they are, they, they, though they say they're rich, they don't need anything. In reality, they are blind to the fact that they are wretched. They are pitiable. They are poor. They're blind. They're naked. This city that was known for their eye doctors, the church there was blind. This city that was known for their fashion, the church there was naked. The city that was known for their banking, the church there was poor and wretched. Do we see ourselves here? Are we trusting in all the things that this world trusts in? What we can eat, what we can drink, what we can wear, as Jesus told us not to worry about in the Sermon on the Mount? Or are we trusting in Jesus? Jesus then gives them counsel. Because He is the faithful and true witness. And as the faithful and true witness, he gives them counsel on what they should do. 
While they were blind to the reality of of things, while they thought they had all that they needed, while they trusted in the things around them and in all of their own resources, they were blind. And Jesus tells them, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. Jesus' words are faithful and true. Jesus says, or the Lord says in Isaiah 55, come buy without money, without cost. In the same sense, Jesus, he, he knows his people there, his church. They are poor. They are wretched. They don't have money to give. They come with empty hands. And Jesus says, come buy gold from me. What I have is treasure beyond what this world offers. What I have is pure. It's been refined in the fire. Jesus says, come buy from me gold refined by the fire so that you may be rich and white garments that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. They thought they were dressed. They thought they had the lavish fashion of the day. Jesus says, you don't have that. Come get from me what you really need. Come and I'll clothe you with white, with pure white robes. And your shame and your nakedness will be covered are we trusting in the world? Are we trusting in what, our, what we can get for ourselves? Or are we trusting in Jesus to provide for our needs, to clothe us, to take away our shame? Then Jesus says, And salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. This place that was known for their eye doctors, Jesus says, he'll give salve so that they may see. Jesus is the great physician. Jesus is the one who touched the eyes of the blind and made them see. And he can make us see. See the reality of what is around us. Verse 19 Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Why is Jesus coming to this church, this church of Laodicea, and telling them all this negative stuff? Why is he coming to them saying, you think you're rich, you think you've got it all, but you're really blind and naked? And Because he loves them. Jesus says, Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. If Jesus didn't love this church, He wouldn't say anything to them. If Jesus didn't love this church, He would just say, fine, go to hell. But He loves them. He loves His church so much, He came to them and He said, repent. He said, repent, be zealous. No longer lukewarm, He says, be zealous And repent. Verse 20. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine and eat with him and he with me. Often this has been used in an evangelistic sense, saying Jesus is standing there at the door of your heart, knocking and and pleading with you to let him in. But you know what? Jesus here is talking to believers. He's talking to the church when he says this here. And what the picture we get here is that the church has shut the door on Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I'm standing here at the door knocking. And all I'm doing is waiting for you to let me in. Jesus, he calls his church In Laodicea, He calls us to be zealous, to repent, and He is waiting for us to take Him up, to invite Him in, and let Him have His agenda. Let Him, this is His church. If He wants in, He's coming in. But Jesus here stands at the door and He waits. For his church to repent. How do we open the door? We repent. Jesus then says. To the one who conquers. I will grant with him to sit on with me on my throne. uh, As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He ends this letter to Laodicea the same as he ends the other letters with a promise to the one who overcomes, to the one who hears my voice and does what I say. He says, I promise the one who overcomes, you'll sit on my throne with me. Jesus promises his church will rule and reign with him. When He returns again one day, when He begins that millennium, that kingdom that He sets up, we will be responsible. We will sit with Him on His throne and we will rule with Him. Just as it says Jesus overcame, He overcame death and now He sits on the Father's throne. And he ends like every other letter. Let him who has ear hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That is our great need. We need to hear the voice of Jesus, the faithful and the true one. The one who holds the seven stars, these churches, he holds them in his hands. He is sovereign over his church. The one who is the beginning of all creation. The one who has eyes like flames of fire, who sees everything and nothing escapes his gaze. We need to hear what he says to us. He stands and he waits at the door for us to repent. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.